Lord, open our hearts and minds to You. Guide us by Your Holy Spirit and grant us wisdom and understanding. That as the Scriptures are read and Your Word proclaimed, may we be filled with joy at what You say to us this day. And let God's people say, Amen. Our first reading today comes from the prophet Isaiah, chapter 9, verses 1 through 4. But there will be no gloom for those who are in anguish. In the former time he brought into contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he will make glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. You have multiplied the nation, you have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as people exult when dividing plunder. For the yoke of their burden and the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor you have broken is on the day of Midian. Our second reading comes from the Gospel according to Matthew chapter 4, verses 12-23. through 23. Now when Jesus heard that John had been arrested, he withdrew to Galilee. He left Nazareth and made his home in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulon and Naphtali, so that what had been spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Land of Zebulon, land of Naphtali, on the road by the sea across the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light, and for those who sat in the region in shadow of death, light has dawned. From that time Jesus began to proclaim, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. As he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And he went from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, in the boat with their father Zebedee, mending their nets. And he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues and proclaiming the very good news of the kingdom and curing every disease and every sickness among the people. This is the word of God to the people of God. Thanks be to God. The next few weeks we are going to be looking at the concept of following God. And I felt it right to start with the idea of leaving the dark. Because we hear these words often. We hear Isaiah and we hear his words repeated in Matthew that the people who have walked in great darkness have seen a great light. But we don't often talk about what that darkness can mean. And for the context of the next few weeks, the darkness is often our own selfish desires. Now, that's not to say that every desire is selfish. But that when we concentrate on just the things that we do for ourselves and for no one else, we often lose sight of the bigger picture. Because the thing that we are called to again and again, and we will see it time and again that the prophets call for it and that Christ speaks of it, is the idea of selflessness being the key to being able to follow God. And we see it with the people being called. Fishermen called from their boats. Come, follow me. And they go. Now the easy thing would have been to say, sure, I'll follow you, but 
I need a little time. I've got to make enough money to get by this week. And so let me finish up what I'm doing here. And I'm going to have enough set aside that we can make this journey and it'll all be okay. No, they just went and they followed. They didn't worry about all of the concerns that they could have had. And following wasn't just going, oh, well, this is going to be a fun thing to do. We're going to go do it. No, it's going to be hard. He's already proclaiming that people need to stop what they're doing. They need to repent, turn from the things that they're doing wrong, and to follow God. And he's going around proclaiming this everywhere he can. And so when they go to follow Christ, they're leaving behind what they know to follow the unknown. And it's this call out of the darkness of our own comfort zones into the light of God's purpose that is what really draws us into following God. But what really does it mean to leave the dark? It means that we stop thinking about the things that we need to do for ourselves before we think about others. Too often, our concentration is on these are the things I want to accomplish. And it doesn't matter who it inconveniences. It doesn't matter who I have to put off, who I have to ignore, what responsibilities that I need to put to the side for now. Because this thing that I'm doing for me is the most important thing in my life. And we say that from a place of darkness. Because the thing is, we can't serve God by only serving ourselves. We can't follow God if the only thing that we are following is the desire to make ourselves comfortable. Because God will always call us out of our comfort zone into the things that make us uncomfortable. Because it's those things, the things we have to do. You can't call a fisherman to go fish for people and then tell them, well, you know what? You know these people right here, so just use this little tank here. No fisherman goes and tries to fish out of a fish tank. They go out into the sea and they find fish that they've never caught before. But for some reason, when we think about going out and fulfilling God's purpose too often, it's, I'm going to reach out to this little pool of people that I already know and I already have connection with, and I don't want to have to go outside of that because that means meeting new people, and it means having to get out of my comfort zone, and it means having to introduce myself to people that I don't know if I'm going to like. But if we are going to follow God, we have to go wherever God takes us, which is almost always going to be to new people, new places, and to do things that we weren't sure we could do. And sometimes it's going to be doing things that we can't do. Now I know saying that, the first thing that comes to mind is, why would God call me to fail? That just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem right. As someone who has a lot of failures under his belt, we learn from failure. Sometimes we're set up to fail because we decide that if we're going to do something, we're going to do it our way and we're going to do it on our own and we're going to do it the way we think it needs to be done. And we have to fail so that we can realize we can't always do things by ourselves. 
Sometimes we have to fail so that we can realize that we need the help of others. Sometimes we fail because it gives somebody else the chance to step up and help. Because maybe our failure is the chance that somebody else needed to step up to say, I can do the right thing and help somebody else. Because if all we ever did was succeed, when would we ever give anyone else the chance to help us? When would we give anybody else the chance to reach out and say, you know what, maybe right now you need me. And it's hard. I'm not going to lie to you about that. The call is always going to be hard. I can't imagine getting up and walking out of your father's fishing boat with an easy task. I can't imagine leaving the life behind that you had grown to know and love was going to be an easy task. But the thing is that the kind of love that we are called to is not easy. It's sacrificial. It means giving up something. Now this isn't to say that everything we do is always going to mean we ignore ourselves. Because if we do that and we never take care of ourselves, pretty soon there's not going to be anything left for us to do and anything left for us to give. What it does mean, though, is paying attention to what God has in store for us. It means speaking up when God says speak up, and it means being quiet and listening when God says listen. It means taking a rest when God says you need a rest, and it means going out and doing when God needs something done. But it means doing it the way God needs us to do it instead of doing it the way we want. Because too often, the idea is we follow our needs and our desires first for the things that are going to be best for us. And after we get all those done, we start thinking about others. The truth is, though, is if we do what God wants us to do, God is going to take care of us while we take care of others. God isn't going to just abandon us and go, well, you're just going to suffer and things are always going to be hard, but you're going to help everyone else. No, God will make sure that we are taken care of too. God will give you a sign that it's time for a rest. Even Jesus needed a nap on the back of the boat sometimes. But the thing is, if all we do is put ourselves first, we will never take the time to reach out and do the things that need to be done. Because there are going to be people who cannot speak up for themselves and that we have to be their voice. There are going to be people who cannot help themselves and we have to be the ones to step up to help them. There are going to be people who don't know which way is the way out of the darkness and we have to be the light to lead them. But we can't be the light if we are too afraid to step out of the darkness ourselves. Time and again, the call is one that we hear in Isaiah that the rod of the oppressor is broken. The yoke has been removed from the people. They have been set free. Set free from the things that enslave them. And there's a lot of those. 
We're slaves to sin, slaves to death, slaves to worry, slaves to routine. That we are oppressed by our own fears, our own anxieties, held captive by the things that we are afraid of doing. We are held captive by the things that we are afraid of saying, by the people we are afraid to help. And when we let our selfish fears control us, we never reach out to the people who desperately need it. And it is hard. It's hard because it means instead of saying, This is what I need. The first thing I think of is, what is it you need? What is it we need? What is it we could be doing? What is it I could be doing to help us? Because the thing is that when we help others, it does help us. When we do something good for somebody else, it helps us because it helps us to grow closer to God and it helps us to step away from all of those things that keep us shuttered in on our own. And it will make us uncomfortable. One of the most uncomfortable things we can do is reach out and help others because we're never quite sure what we're doing. Because we don't know what other people are thinking. So we're always going to have that little bit of worry that maybe we're doing it wrong. But that's okay. Because if we follow God and we do what God needs us to do, God will find a way. Because it's a matter of trust. Do we trust that God is going to get us to where we need to be? The way isn't through selfish things. It isn't through sacrifices that we make just so that we please ourselves. It isn't through fast so that we can look important while we're fasting. It isn't in saying prayers that other people will be in awe of so that we feel better. It's praying for people so that we know that we are asking for good for them. It's fasting so that we can take a focus not on ourselves, but look at others when we refrain from the things that we normally do. That if we make a sacrifice, we make it for others and not for ourselves. Because the sacrifice has already been made for us. Our love is based on a sacrifice that was made so that we could live. So that our yoke would be broken and we'd be no longer enslaved to sin. That the rod has been shattered, that we are no longer beholden to death. But we are free. And so the question arises. What do we do with that freedom? Do we take that freedom and scurry back into the darkness, hoping that we can just stick to ourselves and maybe we'll make it through and everything will be just fine? Or as people who have known a deep darkness, do we step out into the light? 
showing love and kindness to others because love and kindness has already been shown to us. Offering forgiveness and mercy to others because forgiveness and mercy has already been offered up to us. And do we step out and offer God's love because God's love has already been offered freely to us? The only way that we can truly follow God is if we can leave the dark behind and embrace the light. And that light is something we can only embrace when we embrace it with each other. It is only something that we can embrace when we think of others before ourselves. And we think of what will help all instead of just what will help us by ourselves. But in doing so, we open up a brand new opportunity for God to enrich our lives and strengthen us and guide us and lead us to a life better than we ever could have expected by ourselves. Because it's one full of light and full of hope. Where we discovered that what we needed all along were those people in our lives to be able to lift us up and enrich us. The people God puts in our lives to help lift us up. And that together, together, we follow God and enter into that heavenly kingdom, welcomed with open arms. Because we go together. And we go together in the grace of God alone. Amen.